Someone uh, that I know would have been all over that is one of the brightest people that I know. Happens to be a best-selling author, a television commentator. He's terrific on radio. He's a psychiatrist. He's uh, done it all in the medical field, in the media field, and uh, just a, a smart guy overall. Kind enough to get up dark and early for us this Monday morning, Dr. Keith Ablo. Uh, Dr. Ablo, it has been far too long. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Frank. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. What, Top what, of the morning to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what's Mother's Day like in the Ablo household, Keith? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very blessed. My mother, who is 90, uh, enjoyed the bagels, lox and cream cheese that I brought her yesterday and enjoyed it with her, my dad, who's 94. Whoa! Good for them. Right? Jeez. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, driving. Generally to the mall, you know, to look for clothes for their kids still, right? I'm 61 years old. I still get pictures from my mother on my cell phone. What do you think of this? This shirt? Would you wear this? (laughs) (laughs) Growing up Jewish in America. That's outstanding. Uh, That is a, hey, you know what? We were talking just a minute ago about Robert De Niro becoming a father again at 79 years old. And there's this whole debate right now about whether or not this is a selfish thing to do or not. You have a view on this? I do. You know, first of all, you know, De Niro's on the wrong side of the political aisle, but I won't, I won't uh, make that the substance of this. Sure. Um, I think it's reprehensible. Listen, I understand, you know, that you could go to biology and say, well, why would men still be fertile uh, if uh, they shouldn't have children um, at 80? However, you know, number one, there are some things problematic about having kids that when you're that age genetically, you, you know, you do run into questions about whether sperm degrades and whether you're going to run into more trouble uh, in terms of uh, difficulties, disabilities, et cetera, in kids. But here's the other thing. You know, if you know pretty much that you're going to create a human being who loses his dad at, say, 19 or 20 years old, we'll say, let's say that he can live to 100, 21 years old is the outer limit, perhaps, of when this child will lose his or her father. Uh, it's not just that, Frank. It's the specter of that loss. So that means that from age 10, if De Niro lives long enough, from age 10 to 21, that child's going to be thinking, I'm going to lose my dad any right. minute. Right. Disability, illness, things that will set in. I think it's really a bit self-focused to say, well, because I met a woman who wants to have a child and I'm you know, connected to her, yeah, sure, let's do it. Well... I'm not so sure, actually. And I know all of us are mortal. Anyone could go at any time. I get that. You know, you get married at 30, you never know. Right. But if we're playing the percentages based on an actuarial table, if you have a child at uh, 39, you have a much better chance of uh, living to that uh, child's uh, college graduation than at 79. That's for sure. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's largely my view as well. Uh, A bunch of things I want to pick your brain about I got to ask you about this situation involving Jordan Neely. This is a situation that's just incredibly sad, and a lot of people have been focusing on Daniel Penny and what happened and whether he should be charged or how that should go. Well, 
The one aspect of it that's a real tragedy is this young man, relatively young, 30 years old, was clearly severely mentally ill, violently mentally ill, had attacked people, been arrested 41 times, and he was known to hospitals, he was known to the police, he was known to social services, and long before he stepped on that train and said loudly, I don't care if I die, or in words or substance, he was failed by city and state and maybe the federal government. What should be done to make sure that another Jordan Neely doesn't step onto a subway train today and that these people are getting the help that they should be getting? Frank, not only uh, is Jordan Neely an incredibly tragic story, uh, and you're right, it's not just about um, Mr. Penny and what might or might not happen to him as to his guilt or innocence. It's about it's about this horrible tragedy, uh, the system letting this person fall through the cracks. If you're arrested 40-odd times and it can't be demonstrated, because I guarantee you in those courtrooms it was not demonstrated that they were dealing with an evil person. They were dealing with a sick person, okay? And all over America, but certainly in New York, uh, there are people every single day who are going to court who are mentally ill, and it's obvious, and they're not being helped. Okay, and so are they dying in chokeholds on subway cars, having threatened people? No, the the majority don't make headlines. The majority die um, because they get in altercations of another kind, or because they take their own lives, or because they die of overdose. Because Our system is completely inept at identifying people in the criminal justice system who need mental health care and should be getting it so much sooner than they are. What would you do? You gotta empower judges. Number one, educate judges, prosecutors, and defense attorneys to the fact that there are these folks uh, who will do so much better if you offer them mental health care treatment and enforce it, give them the tools. Every city should give prosecutors, judges, defense attorneys the tools to commune and say, look, what are we doing here? Let's use this new tool to confine this person for a time to a mental health facility. Now, of course, you'd need mental health facilities then, and, and you're just going to res- see a revolving door if you don't create programs and spaces for people who obviously, obviously are not horrible people, but are doing things they cannot control. So I I think one of the things the current mayor of New York has been trying to do more of, or at least says, I don't know how effective it's been in actually being done yet, is uh, is to have broader utilization of Kendra's law so that people could be, if they require mental uh, health treatment and if they're severely mentally ill or violently mentally ill, you can essentially force this person to be medicated or or not, there seems to be a movement away from that in other cities. Uh, There's a lot of concerns about civil rights and and things of that nature. Is is that a big part of the solution here, broader use of something like Kendra's Law to force people to be medicated, even if they don't necessarily want treatment? 
Well, you do have to be very careful of people's civil liberties. There's no question. If somebody seems to be of right mind and is saying, I don't want the medicine, I'll take the punishment. Okay. Well, we can't help you right now. But what we may have to say is because you're a person who can't be relied upon to control yourself, um, what we should be doing is saying, listen, what this really is, is we're going to more broadly apply an insanity plea. Number one, you could say, let people plead not guilty by reason of insanity and really let juries or judges make a decision about that that's real. Right now, if you can demonstrate, for instance, you may, you may, and I've done this, right? I've testified in many cases with murder, violence of other kinds. If you can demonstrate as a prosecutor that somebody, say, ran away from the police after believing they had killed an alien or assaulted an alien, that act of running away from authority is used to say, well, you knew right from wrong, so you weren't insane, and you can't say you want mental Mm. health care treatment. Well, okay, what we have to do is bring some sense to those situations. We have to make the plea of not guilty by reason of insanity or not criminally responsible real so that a lot of people who would say, I didn't mean it, I was in the grips of psychosis or I was under the influence of, you know, an addictive drug, which, by the way, doesn't apply at all as to the non-responsible based on criminal, based on insanity factor. Um, if If you're using drugs and that alters your mental status, that's not a defense. We've got to broaden or at least allow the rational application of a plea of not guilty by reason Mm. of insanity. And then people have a choice too. You put forward that plea. We take it seriously. We're going to treat you until such time as you seem to be making sense because we can't expose the public to somebody who's sick. It's the same as tuberculosis. We had folks who went in and were sequestered away from the rest of folks until they got better. We don't hate those people. We're just trying to help them and help ourselves by saying, until you're well, and by the way, it's a fallacy that people can't get well from psychiatric illness. They get well all the time, 99% of the time, if you treat them with the effective medications and other techniques we have. One of the uh, the other, the, the previous mayor of New York, he made mental health a big issue. They had this big program called Thrive NYC, And one of the things that they did is they spent $6 million a year on what they called mental health first aid, which was an all-day training course that that taught the public how to identify people so asymptomatic for mental illness that you needed essentially special training to identify them. Is that part of the problem, though, Keith, is that we're spending money not on the Jordan Neely's, but on people that are so well-adjusted, at least as far as mental illness goes, that they're never going to be a threat to someone on a subway platform. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, 
or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I think that is part of the problem. And spending money, here we are, you know, we're housing. Look, I mean, let's not conflate different issues, but, you know, New York is spending so much money to house uh, illegal immigrants, right? Could we not decide to have mental health mentors? Perhaps we train, like the Guardian Angels, my friend Curtis Sliwa, right? Right, not he, familiar with him. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. No. Right, exactly. Um, he, he trained an army, essentially, of folks who would help enforce the law, and they were disciplined in general, and they were they were helpful to many many people. Why couldn't we have a community service program called Mental Health Mentors? These are folks who are trained to reach out, okay, to people who are having problems, and literally maintain contact with them, um, empathetically um, connect with them help them get mental health services, check in on them, perhaps use an app on their phones that connects with those other individuals' phones, because many of them have them, the vast majority do. But for that connection, uh, many, many people do things that they would otherwise not do. And that human connection in a time of AI and the degradation of interpersonal connections, if you could train a, a core of mental health mentors, I, I hope Mayor Adams is listening. He should be listening to you every morning, but I hope he is right now. Train a core of mental health mentors who can go onto the street, who are knowledgeable people, reliable people, perhaps they're nurses who want to get paid something extra, mental health workers. We've got so many of those folks, ER workers, social workers, and let them establish relationships with these people, where they live, where they work, where they congregate. And it is Mental Health Awareness Month. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Keith Ablo, a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, Keith, let me ask you about this before we uh, run out of time. Very sad situation with Heather Armstrong, a, a pioneering mommy blogger who killed herself last Tuesday. And uh, they're saying, and she had a history of alcoholism, clinical depression. So, I mean, the chances are she might have been driven to suicide by any number of things. But they're saying a lot of the anti-fans of hers, the negative comments about her on social media, really uh, pushed her over, over the top when it came to depression. Now, I've seen some of the negative things that have been said about me on social media. I've seen a lot of things that have been said in the press and on social media about you, and (laughs) we're not going to uh, kill ourselves no matter what people say. Why does someone like Heather Armstrong get pushed over the edge by one of these negative comments, and how do you identify those folks that are vulnerable and at risk of being pushed over the edge by criticism? Wow. Well, let's not forget that Heather Armstrong was already a vulnerable person. Yes, she had, uh, you know, 
rallied and overcome an addiction. Yes, she was, you know, a blogger followed by millions, but she had struggled. And, you know, the core questions that um, fuel things like alcoholism or heroin dependence or depression, the core questions about am I worthwhile? Um, maybe the, you know, if the, if the fragile underpinnings of your life were set in motion when you were a kid because perhaps uh, you, you weren't shown enough love, that can, can stalk you, if you will. It can lead you to want to anesthetize yourself with alcohol. And then, you know, the onslaught of cruel people saying you're not a worthwhile person, um, you're horrible, you're this, you're that, can echo inside you. It goes past the rational sort of processing of an adult to the kid inside you. And I don't want to sound too new agey, but it's really true. Mm. You know, and for her, she may not have been hearing or reading those comments as an adult blogger. She was hearing them or reading them as a little girl affected by the same emotional dynamics that she was affected by then and not even really registering that that's who was listening or reading. Keith, I have uh... Uh, 30 seconds left and you got to come back. We're going to do this again soon. Very quickly. Tell me what uh, you're up to with four brain fog. What is this? What's your involvement? Well, I I invented four brain fog, the number four words, brain fog, uh, to help people think more clearly Uh, post COVID and the rest of it. There are lots of people with brain fog. This is a natural supplement. If you take it, you might well, and I, I, I do, I've used it. Um, think especially clearly, especially if you go on early morning talk shows. So it's called <laughs> For Brain Fog. It seems, um, you know, forbrainfog.com, and I'm mentioning it because, of course, we want to sell the supplement. But but it sounds trivial in the face of the issues that we've been talking about. Let's not forget, Jordan Neely was a human being sure. who lost his his parent to murder, okay, his mother to murder when he was just a young person, and then he fell apart. He has a story. He's not just a guy on a subway ranting. And yeah, we don't think we want to find this fellow guilty. And I don't think he should be found guilty, but it's a tragedy nonetheless. Absolutely. Absolutely. People could check that out. I'm going to try this as well. Uh, for brain fog. Wonderful. Brain Great. Fog. That's what I was hoping. All right. Not that you're not sharp, Frank. Thank you're sharp. You. No, you're believe sharp. me, I need all the help I can get. All right. Um, I'll, if uh, And if it works, I'll give some to our friend Curtis Lewa as well. Keith Ablo, it's it. always a treat to talk with you. Thank you. Good luck. Take care, brother. If you want to comment, any subject, 15 seconds, 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. Other side of midnight. 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 Mid